0: You're listening
1: to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host,
0: Robert Weinberg. Good to Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Uh, Rob, hey, good morning to you, my friend. Good
1: morning, Gary. How you doing?
0: As always, man, it's, it's tough out there. I'm just trying to hang in there over here. How about you? What
1: are you up to? Same thing. Just every day is a struggle, like you said, making it through one day at a time.
0: It re- that's exactly how you have to take it nowadays one day at a time although you ca- you probably have a schedule which you're booked out days in advance I would imagine
1: right yeah I try to keep a pretty tight schedule I mean most people uh nowadays we're meeting over the phone or online so it's a little more flexible but I do still have clients coming to the office if so I if it
0: were me I'd want to meet with you in person right. so if I called you on Monday let's say um how soon would you be able to meet with me in person in- that-
1: Yeah. In person within a a week. Yeah. Within a week, sometimes a couple days. I try to do a lot of appointments back to back in person. So if I'm going to be in the office say on a Wednesday, I might have a client come at 10 another one at noon. You know, I try to space them out so I can keep that strict schedule. Um, But like I said, I I mean, probably 80, 90 percent are online or over the phone only. If it were up to you. Think of these pre-COVID days.
0: What what do you think is more effective? Oh, what do you prefer? in person.
1: Yeah. Absolutely in person. I think uh, people just don't take the decision as seriously over the phone. It's just another call or meeting. But sitting down in person and the clients that I've done that with even years later, it's more effective. Like everything that I'm talking about, what they're talking about, it just... Gets absorbed a little bit better when you're in person, you have that personal connection, handshake, whatever it may be. You know, that's important. But the market is shifting. You know, it is. It is. Are are we seeing in which way? I mean, I think the obvious one, Gary, is the interest rates, you know, have shifted just significantly in the last couple of weeks even. So they've gone up gone up considerably in a short period of time. Well, you predicted this months ago. Uh, Always, of course. We knew it was coming.
0: But here's the thing. The inventory is still minimal
1: it is and i think it'll it'll continue to to be minimal um there are some ideas that i have for freeing up inventory and creating your own inventory even in some cases but that's a topic for another show definitely that's going to be an interesting topic but um you know there's been just the sentiment in people that are buying and refinancing has shifted because of the fact that the mortgage will be more expensive even if it's another 30 or 40 dollars a month If you add that up over many years, it's gotten a lot of people off the fence to say, I got to do this now, again, whether it be refinancing their current property or buying. um, I mean, the media has people a little bit spooked, especially with all this talk about the Fed raising rates and they don't control rates. The Fed does not control mortgage rates directly, but they do indirectly. And the decisions that they make with the Fed funds rate, um, it's meant to actually affect short-term debt like credit cards and auto loans, but it does trickle down to mortgages. So as we sit here today, all of the information about raising rates that's already been priced into the market. A lot of consumers I've been talking to have said, oh yeah, I heard they're raising rates as if it hasn't happened yet. But it's one of those cases of, you know, buy the rumor, sell the news. And right now it is the rumor. And it's going to happen, so it's already been priced into the market. Both the stock market and the bond market have had that happen.
0: So why can refinancing, when interest rates are increasing, make sense then for a homeowner?
1: There's a lot of different reasons that we'll cover, but I think it really comes down to taking a step back from just looking at that interest rate and looking at the big picture of your financial portfolio, of your personal finances, of where you are. Interest rate is one component of that. Only one, but there are a lot of other components that are important in making financial decisions besides just the interest rate. And we have to also consider the fact that refinancing to get a lower rate that's something that's been very popular lately, but go back several years and there wasn't that much of that going on because the rates were higher then. So refinancing to get a lower rate, we've talked so much about it and it's great, but if you have that 25 or 3% or even 3.5% rate, if you get a new mortgage today, it's most likely going to be higher. I mean, there's certain cases that it, that it won't be, but we have to look at does refinancing make sense for your financial plan? You notice I didn't say what's the rate mm-hmm. or what are you what's your monthly payment. Does it make sense for your overall financial plan? What are your investments doing? What's your retirement look like? Where are you at with your real estate? Be it one property or multiple. We have to look at that. And then big picture inflation You know, that's really the reason that rates are going up is because of all this inflation and inflation is the arch enemy of mortgage bonds because it erodes the return that someone would receive on a mortgage. If you think about it, if you're an investor and people that invest in mortgages are like pension funds, hedge funds, very wealthy sovereign funds and and people like that or entities like that. They're just looking at what's my return. So they buy a mortgage bond and it pays 4%. Well, if if inflation goes up, then that money they're getting from that 4% is worth less, right? You can buy less with that dollar. Uh So they don't want to really buy at those low rates knowing that the inflation is going to go up. So they're going to demand a higher return. And that affects everything. It affects the gas in your car, the price of groceries. And in this case, we're talking about mortgage rates. So it all comes full circle.
0: So then what do you say to someone who has the idea that refinancing to a higher rate is not part of a smart financial plan?
1: Well, what I would say to that person is, Knock it off! I'd hit him across the (laughs) head and say, "You know, every situation is different, and there's no you can't make a blanket statement and say it's bad because I'll tell you stories where going to a higher rate actually made people a lot of money or saved them a ton of money. So we, I think, the first concept that someone needs to understand that has that mentality is what's debt consolidation all about. You know, if mortgage rates are higher, then that means credit card rates are going up. That means auto loan rates, all these other types of debt that have interest attached to them, those rates are going up as well, so it's all relative. And even if your mortgage rate was 5%, which sounds crazy, right, that's a high rate, or even 6%, why would you refinance? Because if your credit card's at 20, 30 plus percent, doesn't it make sense to take a hit on one side of the portfolio to make it up somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. So you can take one step back with your mortgage rate, but take two steps forward by getting rid of your other debt. So that's the first concept. The other thing is mortgage acceleration we've talked about. When rates are going up, mortgage acceleration is a huge, huge advantage, which really refers to paying your loan off early. So when your mortgage rate is super low, it's not as attractive to pay it off quicker because it's such a low rate, right? But when the rates are going up, it makes more sense to pay that loan off quicker right? Get rid of that hmm. interest charge. Um, The other thing is adjustable to fixed rate. We haven't talked about it in so long, just in society about these adjustable rates, but they used to be a huge thing people would take these two three and five year adjustable rate mortgages and just plan on keeping them for a couple years and then refinancing and while it's been seldom some people have done that especially my higher net worth clients people with the higher loan balances they'll take an adjustable rate to save maybe a quarter or half a point off the fixed cost now they're looking at refinancing even if their rate may go up a little bit they can lock in that long-term money versus the adjustable rate who knows what it'll be in a year who knows what it'll be in two or three years so it's one of those cases a bird in the hand you know worth two in the bush if you know what your mortgage payment's going to be now let's say it's going up a hundred bucks isn't that better than the unknown it could go up three four five hundred if inflation keeps going the way it is that's possible i'm not saying it's going to happen but it's possible i try to be conservative when i'm going through these financial plans with my clients. And we need to look at what's the best thing that could happen, but also what's the worst. And with these adjustable rates, you know, locking them in now while rates are still relatively low, historically low, makes a lot of sense there. And the last thing I'll mention about you know, why would it make sense to go to a higher rate while refinancing is PMI elimination. So when you're buying or refinancing, if you don't have that 20% equity, you're typically going to have the PMI or the mortgage insurance. FHA loans have it on no matter how much you put down, they have the mortgage insurance. On an FHA loan, that mortgage, that PMI insurance adds approximately 0.8% to the rate of the mortgage. So if you have a 3% mortgage on FHA and you're paying 0.8% of PMI, your blended actual rate is 3.8. You take the 3% mortgage rate plus the PMI rate of 0.8, that's your blended rate. So if you have a 3.8% blended rate and you can refi at even 3.6, 3.5, 3.7, anything that's less, It's going to make sense, even though it may not be something you're going to brag to your friends at at the bar about or your family at Thanksgiving. It's still historically a great rate. The statistic is last 30 years, six and a half percent has been the average mortgage rate over the last 30 years. There have been times in the last 30 years where the rates were, you know, 15 percent or 12 percent. There's also been times like recently where the rates have been two and three percent. But that average is what we're looking at. And if you can get a rate today better than six and a half, then you're doing better than average. So don't beat yourself up about it. There are ways around it, as we'll talk about. So
0: you may not want a PMI. I know sometimes you don't have a choice, but if you do have a choice...
1: If you do have a choice, you don't want it. It's no. just if you're trying to buy your refi and you don't have that equity position or you need to use that FHA loan like we're talking about because of your credit or you know a, a, an event that happened like a foreclosure or bankruptcy, you don't have a choice. You need to yeah. take the best loan that you can get at that point and look at it over time. What
0: are some specific strategies then that homeowners can use to refinance in a higher rate environment you know, to save more money over time?
1: Right. So we were just talking about debt consolidation. So that's a big one. But one of the things that I like to do, which is a seldom used, little known strategy, is to use a debt consolidation refinancing loan and combine it with a mortgage acceleration loan. And here's what I mean is, if you're going to do a debt consolidation refinance, the whole reason to do that is to save money. And typically, it's going to mainly be saving money on your monthly payment. You know, 500 a 1000 even $2,000 a month is possible with one of these debt consolidation loans. But what happens a lot of the time is, especially those that are financially undisciplined, they'll save all this money and they feel great. But then you go back to them six months, a year later and say, well, you saved 1500 a month. What would you do with that money? Where would it go? Did you put it in the stock market, retirement portfolio? Did you buy a property or an asset with it? And they'll say, no, uh, I don't know what happened to the money. It, it, it's what I call evaporation, right? It evaporates into their budget. So the way around that is a strategy I teach where you take the money that you were saving on that consolidation refi, again, couple hundred, couple thousand a month, and then we project out and run modeling. What does it look like? If you took that thousand a month and put it on that new mortgage, think about that for a second. You're saving a thousand dollars a month by consolidating your debt. You take that thousand and put it on that mortgage principle. In a lot of cases, you can actually take a 30-year mortgage and pay it off in a third of the time or less by using that. And you could do it on any level. You could take a 15-year mortgage and put an extra three, four, five hundred a month and pay it off and maybe. Five, six, seven years. You know, there's all these everyone's in a different circumstance, but the interest rate at the end of the day in this scenario doesn't really matter because you're paying additional. The interest rate just dictates that minimum payment and that interest that you're gonna be contractually obligated to pay. But if you're putting an extra five hundred thousand plus every single month, that effective interest goes down and that interest rate on the paperwork it's really irrelevant because that's based on you making the minimum payment every month. So that's got to be a huge eye opener. It's a paradigm shift. um, But that's a strategy that I use with almost all my clients right now. And the second one that I'll mention here is what I call and discuss as the two-step refi. So it's going to be step one, solving your problem. Maybe that is consolidating a second mortgage, consolidating debt, going to, you know, restructuring your loan for whatever reason you may be. Everyone's got that different reason that they need to look at refi, but it's a problem that the refinance is a solution. So that's the step that we need to take first is solving your money, or solving your issues with your money getting you right side up on your budget, saving you money on interest overall, not just on the mortgage, but on your credit card debt, on your medical bills, on your student loans. Um, A lot of these, again, the interest rates are gonna be going up if they haven't already, so you need to prepare for that. Then once we actually do that initial refi and we solve that problem, we're not really concerned about the rate on that first loan because it was meant to be a short-term loan. When I mean short-term, I'm talking about less than a couple of years, okay? then we do an evaluation at six, eight months, 12 months. Where are you at now? If you do what we preach and you actually kept yourself in a good financial circumstance with your debt, You got your credit score up or whatever the case may be. Now you can do that second step refi. Now that second step is going to be a more long-term refinance. It's going to be that 15, 20, or 30-year fixed conventional mortgage that doesn't have the PMI. Or if it does, it's going to be a lot lower. And then we can look at lowering your rate. (laughs) Then we can look at all these things because you'll be in a better position to be able to do that. And like I said, Gary, sometimes it's going to be as soon as six to 12 months after you get that first mortgage that we can look at another one. But for some people, it could be 12, 24, 36 months. Uh, the idea is that you have that opportunity queued up. It's ready to go and you're in regular communication with an advisor so you can strike while the iron's hot, whether it be on the level of the interest rates, whether it be on the level of loan programs, your credit or the equity, that sort of thing.
0: So then, Give me a few examples of people who have refinanced and raised their mortgage rate but still saved money over the long term.
1: Yeah, there's some great stories here that I can tell. I know we're limited on time, so I'll keep it to just a couple. But um, a gentleman that I've worked with a couple times came to me. Uh, the end of last year. And he got a super low rate when I did his refi many years back. He was in the um, very low 3% range on a 30-year mortgage. But he had this opportunity come up with a friend of his to do some home flipping, to Mm -hmm. do some you know profitable, hopefully profitable real estate investing. His friend was a pro at it and really just needed his capital. But like many homeowners, most of his money was in his home. It was in the equity in his home. He was scared about getting an adjustable mortgage like a home mm. equity line of credit, you know, and he had heard me talk about that. So we explored doing a cash out refi and his initial reaction was, but what about my low rate, right? This this super low rate that he had. And believe it or not, we actually did go ahead and move forward and we raised his rate. It went from, you know, like three and an eighth up to almost four percent um, he had some you know, challenges with his credit. There were some things that made his rate higher than maybe the market rate at that point. It was a cash out refi. He was tapping 80% of the equity in his home. And when you go to 80% for most products, that's the max. So they do penalize you on rate. But he was like, Rob, I know I can make a lot of money with this money. Does it make sense to refi to go from that low threes to four? And we looked at it and said, well, how much what's your projections on your profitability with this money? And he had shown me some papers from his friend on the last couple flips. And his friend was getting like a 20% annual return oh. on the capital invested. So we figured even if he could only get 10 half of that 10%, it would still be a good use of the mortgage, the equity in his home, taking that higher rate. Long story short, he took out a hundred grand in equity, gave it to his friend, invested in this. Uh, this flip, he ended up actually making 30% return in only nine months. Didn't even take a year. It was nine months. And I mean, is that a no brainer? Like borrow at 4%, get a 30% rate of return. (laughs) Who would say no to that? Even borrow at 6% and get 30%. If I said to you, borrow at 10%, And get 20%. Does that make sense? No, it's double. I mean, it does. So that's why I'm saying get out of that notion of thinking, oh, my rate's going up. It's like compared to what? right? What are you actually getting in return on that money? So that's a huge example, because I know a lot of people right now are thinking about buying or refinancing and taking money and getting another property. And that just shows you it's not about how much you actually pay on that money. It's about what you earn from it. So that's example one. The second one I'll give you is a family I worked with in Windsor recently. I had actually done a refi for them about two years ago they were in the mid 3% range on that loan. Um, we consolidated a bunch of debt. It was a veteran that I worked with, just did a great loan for them, saved them thousands of dollars a month. But the uh, the wife in this situation came to me about a month ago and said, Rob, I started this business and I need capital for this business. I've charged up some credit cards, getting things going. I need to pay those off and I need some extra money to like get this business off the ground. They had a considerable amount of equity just in the last year or two, their home had gone up like most quite a bit. So we actually, their rate went up from 3.6 to like four and a quarter. So it went up, you know, quite a bit there. But what we were able to do is consolidated $80,000 in their credit card debt, okay? Considerable credit card debt. She was paying like 15 20% interest on those credit cards. So we consolidated all that debt and saved them $1,500 a month. Okay. And she also was able to get that cash infusion that she needed to keep that business rolling and really get it off the ground. So, by taking that money that they were saving, the $1,500 a month, and applying that to the new 30 year mortgage, they're going to have it paid off in only seven years. So, Again, where does rate come in now? Are you asking what the rate? If I tell you my home is paid off in seven years, who cares what the rate is, right? <laughs> sure. That's better than the guy paying a 20-year mortgage at 2% that feels like he's got the world on his shoulders because he's got a low rate, but it's not, again, about the rate today that even someone with a 2 or 3% rate, how much interest is that going to cost you over the next 10, 20, 30 years? The bank lures you in with the low rate, but mortgage interest is front loaded. So look at what you're paying over the long period of time, not just the rate. Today, Not just your mortgage payment today. What's it going to cost you over 10, 20, 30 years? That's why having the financial plan in play, as you're seeing, is way more effective than just looking at get me the lowest rate.
0: Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. You can contact Rob very easily. Uh, at 860-413-3938, and check out his website. Uh, it is ConnecticutMortgageLending.com. I will repeat that for you uh, momentarily towards the end of the show. Um, what about uh, HELOC? HELOC versus a cash-out refinance that we hear we talk about, oh my goodness, all the time. Um, in an economy where you know the interest rates are increasing, as you just mentioned.
1: Yeah, so a lot of people right now have an impression that their rate is so good on their mortgage because they did that refi in the last few years that the only option that they would look at for tapping equity is to get a line of credit or a second mortgage against your home. And I would really caution anybody, and I do every day because I've been through enough of these cycles. I've seen what happens when inflation is ridiculous and the HELOC rates go up. Mm-hmm. So you can really be caught with your financial pants down. I've seen payments go from five hundred a month to seven hundred a month very quickly. Mm. Or for retirees, you know, two hundred a month goes to three hundred a month. That means a lot when you're on a fixed income. Oh yeah. So I really want to caution everybody to be so careful and just don't do a HELOC right now. HELOCs were cool a year or two or several years ago when the rates were in a downward trend and all that. Now that the economy shifted, now that we're seeing inflation, now that we're seeing increased rates, a HELOC's a ticking time bomb. It is a credit card on your house. So if you thought just having a mortgage was risky, what about having an actual Light. credit card attached oh. to your house and having the payments go up? It does happen. So you you will be caught off guard, because everyone is, and the cash out refi is a better idea. Even though, again, you might take a little bit of a hit, mm. it's certainty.
0: You know, Rob, <laughs> we have already mentioned it a few times already this morning, and I just want to get your opinion. We've been talking about mortgage rates, these interest rates that just, you know, they keep going up. Um, what is your opinion on the direction of the mortgage rates over the next, let's say, I don't know, year, year and a half, or maybe two years, two years, right. two and a half years. So let's do 24 to 36 months.
1: Okay. All right. So next, let's say next one to three years, somewhere okay. in there, all right, right? Sure. So I follow a lot of economists. Some are mortgage specific that track interest rates. Others are just general economists that- You know, look at interest rates and look at inflation and all these things. And I look at all the opinions to kind of come to a consensus. And what I think we've seen so far is we've seen the rates go up already so quick in anticipation of the Fed raising the federal funds rate. I I hope to think that we've kind of gotten at least for now to a top of rates. You know, maybe they went too high too quick which is normal they take so long to come down and then they just skyrocket up and by the time you as a by the time you as a consumer figure it out it's too late so i do see that we have the potential maybe not this year but i'm thinking next year into 2024 when the country enters a recession which is definitely coming we're overdue for one and historically when we go into a recession the fed has to lower rates In order to spur economic activity, spur spending, business, etc. So I feel like those that are buying or refinancing homes right now in 2022 should have a great opportunity either towards the end of this year or into next year in 2024 to be able to then refinance when we see that deflation come, when we see the inflation go down and there will be a refinancing boom. Mark my words, the people buying (laughs) homes right now during 2022, they will be refinancing. I just don't know if that's a year from now or is that two or three years from now, but there is going to be this period. So don't fret. Don't worry. Don't feel like you missed the boat. Just make sure you've got the right advisors. Make sure you've got the right team to guide you so you can strike while the iron's hot. And as soon as the rate comes down to the level where it makes sense, to refi we can queue you up and get that loan rocked and loaded all
0: right let me ask you one more question because i'm running out of time here um what about some ideas and strategies for home buyers who are purchasing homes right now and thinking that they missed the boat on an all-time low interest rate you started to go into that
1: yeah so you you didn't miss the boat you're still getting a great rate even if it's you know in the high threes fours or even fives it's better than the average so look at that and take a step back I would caution you don't pay a bunch of points. You know, mortgage companies offer loans with points or no points. I do not recommend paying points now because you're not going to have enough time to recoup it. If we do have a lower rate environment in a year, two, three years, you're going to refi at that point. So if you paid a bunch of fees up front to get a lower rate, then it's going to really not allow you to recoup that investment. You must have
0: tools and techniques that you're using today with your personal clients in order to save them. You know, the most money over time yes. on their mortgage and debts. Can you answer that yeah, in one couple, minute?
1: A couple quick things I'm doing. Number one is Homebot. All my clients get right. Homebot. We've talked about that. It tracks the rates and home values, yep. notifies you of opportunities. Number two is your wealth team meeting. We've talked about other members of the wealth team, real estate pros, tax advisors, investment pros. You need to be meeting with every one of those one to two times a year. And the last thing is on my end, annual review with every single client, minimum of one time a year to evaluate. Evaluate their personal financial situation, their mortgage rate, their overall debt, and then pounce on an opportunity when it comes up. Maybe it's now, maybe it's in a year, but you got to be ready. You're putting out a ton of new content
0: all the time. So to keep all your listeners and followers from all over really up to date on what's going on in real estate, financial and the mortgage world, Mm -hmm. just tell everybody really quick where they can find and follow you and maybe even see you.
1: Probably the best place to find me online is YouTube. Uh, My channel name is Rob Weinberg Mortgage on YouTube, all one word, Rob Weinberg Mortgage. You can also follow us on Facebook under Weinberg Mortgage, Instagram Weinberg Mortgage, and on Twitter, we're on Weinberg Lending. So follow any and all of those to get up to date on all the future content we're putting.
0: (laughs) And if you'd like to check out his website, it's www.connecticutmortgagelending.com. Once again, Connecticut Mortgage com. By the way, if you've got a question that you would like to have answered right here on these very airwaves, it's really easy to do. It's just email us at mortgage show at gmail.com. Again, specifically, it pertains to this. Radio show and podcast, okay? If you've got a personal question, I'm going to give you the phone number that just, you know, you got something that specifically pertains to you and it's personal, of a personal matter. I'm going to give you the number. But for general purposes in this radio show and podcast, Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. His phone number, if you want to schedule that meeting that we were talking about earlier in the show, it's 860-413-3938. Once again, 860-413-3938. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Until next Saturday morning, have a good one, everybody. So long thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing
1: for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.